2: From RealGhostStoriesOnline.com, this is Real Ghost Stories Online, the podcast.
3: It's group therapy for the paranormally affected.
2: The phone number to call in is 855-853-4802 with your Real Ghost Story. We would absolutely love to hear it. You can, of course, write in as well on our website, RealGhostStoriesOnline.com. Just click on the Tell Us Your Ghost Story button and we'll get it on the show eventually. So uh, lots of ways for you to share your story and even weigh in on uh, the ghost stories that you hear on the show every single day lots of outlets for you to do that uh, like I just said through the website through the phone number and on our website uh, we have a forum section forum message board and that's getting pretty active lots of folks discussing past shows Uh, even some folks weighing in with some updates uh, on uh, some individuals who have contacted our show in the past that we've been uh, wondering about Uh, remember the show uh, where we talked to the lady that we thought was doing dishes yeah we got an update on her. Oh, um, good. Not from her, from her friend. Okay. Uh, and uh, we'll get to that in just a little bit. That was posted to our forum site. So I'm assuming it is uh, from her friend and, and legitimate, but uh, we'll read it off. And uh, if it's not, please reach out and tell us if it's not, but I believe it is. Uh, so we'll get an update from her in just a few minutes Um uh, uh, here on realghoststoriesonline.com dot com, lots of lots of ways to communicate, and that's really what this show uh, is all about: communicating what we've all experienced and trying to make some sense of it. Really, uh, it does uh, cost us a bit of money to put the show out to you every single month, and we uh, we do that uh, free of charge, really, just because it's awesome. <laughs> we, we love doing it. Uh, we we love uh, this community that that you know has been created by all you guys uh, following the show. But uh, if you uh, want to help support the community and allow us to continue to do the show, uh, we found a way for you to do that. We've got a lot of folks asking about that. So we've created the EPP program. That's the extra podcast person program. It's an extra podcast that our EPPs get every single week. Uh, it's a full-blown episode, extra episode that they get. They also get access to a bunch of other stuff uh, as we put it out there. Uh, some extra video stuff, just extra thank yous. We're not taking anything away from the free shows. We're just giving some extra out to the the folks who show us some love. It uh, starts only five bucks a month, and then you get uh, the extras. It's fifty two extra episodes a year for only only five bucks a month. You can do ten or fifteen if you want to. It's up to you and your generosity level. But everybody gets the same. Uh, you can uh, choose how you want to donate, how much you want to donate. On our website, just click Become an EPP. And I know that you are really supporting the show and allowing the show to continue going forward. Had some questions about how they get those shows from folks who've signed up in the last day or two. We release the shows through an email every single week, and those go out over the weekend. So it's not posted on a website anywhere. There's a link that you get in your email that you sign up through PayPal with. And uh, the, we just email you directly the links to the new episodes, so that's where you get those episodes. For those folks who've just signed up, and uh, you will have access to the uh, the backlog of the episodes as they log up. So, for example, you just signed up today. For example, uh, the next email that goes out, you'll get this week's EPP episode and last week's EPP episode. So, okay, e- eventually you're going to get like a boatload of episodes. You know, if you're a brand new uh, EPP, so. Sure. Pretty cool stuff. Thank you uh, for uh, signing up if you've uh, already done so. If not, please uh, please do check that out. Uh, some follow-up on some things that we've talked about. Uh, hello, Tony and Jenny. I wanted to answer your questions and a few things that I uh, didn't add to the story just the other night as it was plenty long when I sent it. And this is in reference to the uh, real-life Norman Bates uh, type story in Toledo, oh, Ohio. Oh, yeah. That was okay. a good one. Uh, First, the house still stands, but it remains empty. My husband and I have been on a few investigations and wanted to get into the house for that reason. We looked up the property records, and the current owner is listed as uh, an investment company. We could find no information on the company, but what was listed on the property record, we have written them several times, even offering to rent the house, but have not received any reply. Approximately three years ago, we drove past the house, and the porch was covered In construction items, we were hopeful that the owners were repairing the house to put it back on the market. In hopes of getting in contact with the owner, we drove past several times over the next few weeks and no one was ever there. The oddest thing. The thing that really made us wonder was that the materials and tools were untouched on the porch. Believe me when I say that on the east side of Toledo, that is unbelievable. Tools left sitting? Why? Why? Did something scare off the crew? Was it something more common, like a bad check? But why leave your tools? How are they untouched three years later? That is weird.
3: Contractors don't do that. No. I I know a lot. I've worked with a lot of contractors, and that is one thing. If you come onto a job and fire them on the spot, they're like, well, let me get my tools. I mean, they will not leave without their tools. It's like their kids. It's their livelihood.
2: Sure. I mean, and they're not cheap either. You know, for a living, that's probably really good tools that are left there. When the old lady died, no one but James's grandfather attended the funeral. There is no family or friends to get information, but I did contact the uh, uh, convent that the old lady requested James's grandfather leave the house to upon his death. Little sisters of the poor had uh, planned to make it a home for unwed mothers in the early 80s, but quickly moved out within days of moving in. The nun I spoke with said that the nuns reported feelings of discomfort and left after the priest was unavailable to bless it. The house is sold more times than any other in the neighborhood, but I'm determined to get inside the house legally someday.
3: That is so interesting. So there you go. Yeah.
2: Some follow up on that uh, story. And if you want to hear the complete story of that one, that was on the episode that we just posted the other day. Uh, Real life Norman Bates is what we called it. Because yeah. there's some um, striking similarities uh, to were. those relationships. Um, I would almost say, you know, if that had been a published story years ago, I could see it being like based on that, just how weird that was.
3: Somebody should write a book.
2: That's a good story. So check that out. Uh, Some new photos are up in the gallery. Um, uh, This is really some interesting, some orb pictures uh, that were sent into us. And also uh, next to those orb pictures in that same set of photos, uh, what looks to be some sort of an entity of some sort uh, appearing through a window and the woman who sent us in those photos uh, says that uh, it might be the ghost of, I believe, her grandfather. Rose is the one who sent those in, and uh, very clear, clearly defined orange orbs in these photos. See, there's one, there's another, and here's the. Um, I'm just showing uh, Jenny the the images right now. And there's the kind of the outline, if you will, make it out of a. Older gentleman in the window. It's at the. Uh, it, it's brand new to the uh, gallery section at realghoststoriesonline.com. com. It's uh, right now going to be right at the bottom area. Of Those the, are neat. Uh, section, but lots of creepy photos up in the gallery section that you guys have sent into us. So if you'd like to uh, see that, even see that house that we just talked about, the one in Toledo. Uh, oh wait, uh, do we have that one? I yes, think so. yes, yes. We have. It's from Marine's letter. That picture is right there, uh, and it was actually taken years before the haunting uh, stuff was ever going on. Uh, but there was one where they were the city was trying to take photos of homes and they could never get a decent shot of the house. There was uh-huh. always you know, something in it. Well, one of the photos with something in it is up on the, the gallery section. So check it out, realghoststoriesonline.com. Uh, let's go to a caller before we go into the update uh, on uh, what we had called for the longest time our uh, our dishwashing lady friend. Um, and we'll get the uh, the latest from what her friends reporting. And hi, your real ghost stories online.
4: Hi Tony, Jenny, Jenny, this is Elizabeth. Um, I've been a really big fan of Tony since I found his Halloween series on the t Spot. So when I found this, I was really excited. Um, anyway, hi. Um, my story isn't as dramatic as some others that I've heard um, since I found the podcast, but I wanted to share the nonetheless. And uh, basically, like in 2009, I was living in Washington, D.C. I was on my own for the first time and was was really excited. And things went bad really quickly. And I was just anxious all the time. And I think whatever was in my house um, targeted me because of this. Like, I was just not in a good place. I was vulnerable and, you know, afraid. And it, I don't know if I said off that, but there were a couple things that happened in particular. Um, the first was I was home alone. My roommate was in Idaho of all places on vacation. I don't know who does that, but she she was there on vacation and, um, uh, I didn't know when she was coming back. Anyway, I, one day I was just sitting in the kitchen, um, on, on my laptop doing whatever. And, um, all of a sudden, our um, I heard my like front door like open, and like this is a really old row house. We lived at the top, and um, there were two doors that you had to go go through to get to our apartment on the top floor. Uh, there was one external door that had a lock, a deadbolt, and then you, you went up the stairs and then opened this other heavy oak door, which always, glad you opened it or shut it it swept the carpet really loudly. So you knew when one of us was home. Anyway, I heard the the second door at the top, you know, sweep the carpet and I thought, Okay, well she's home. So I you know, I waited to give her a minute to, you know, you know, open her door and, you know, get settled before I went down to go talk to her. And then I realized that I hadn't heard her open the first door. Because she always slammed it. So I Whenever she came home, I always knew she was home. I hadn't heard her come upstairs or anything. She had, you know, she didn't say anything to me. So I quickly figured out that I was still alone, even though that door was at that point. It, it, I looked down the hall. It was open when it had been previously shut, and which understandably freaked me out. I, um, instead of bolting... I sat there and froze up. I saw my heart speed up. Um, I started shaking and I stayed like that for like an hour. I couldn't move. I like, I wanted to move, but I couldn't. Finally, I like just gathered the courage to run to my bedroom really quickly. I shoved some stuff in a backpack and I went to stay at a friend's house that night. Um, I went home the next day, and having been made fun of by my friend and, and her fiance uh, so early the night before and And nothing happened um, you know, prior to that, I always felt like something that was watching me and i I know people say that, and like it 's just a matter of you know just being scared or whatever but you know like we like the way our 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 apartment was set up was like a shotgun house almost because like like all the rooms were to the left, and then like you saw straight through to the back um through the kitchen and everything and Know, like I'd be walking down the hall at night, and it—it it, it just was just a sense of like I wasn't alone. Like I would I would turn around and be like expect someone to see, like to expect someone to be there. I, but there was never anyone there, and I was always afraid. I would just like run to the bathroom, run to the kitchen, whatever, and run back. Like I I, I didn't feel safe until I was in my room, and even then I was still you know a little wary. And um, like I told, like when I stayed with my friends um, that night when I bolted from my own home, I you know I told them about that and they were just like, well, you know that's just your imagination. It's it, it's nothing. Like they didn't like they were sympathetic, but they were like, you know, you're just you just freaking yourself out. So nothing happened after that for several months. Um, and then you know my 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 friend had moved out. I was there alone and uh the girl that was moving in downstairs uh, needed someone to watch her dog and you know he was kind of rambunctious. so i put his him in his cage or crate you know, in uh, my my friend's old room which had been empty for a really long time anyway like um you know i eventually did you know like i didn't feel comfortable like just for some reason like i guess instinctually just didn't like like something about leaving him in there just bothered me. like Well, not leaving him, but keeping him in there just bothered me, so I just, like, ended up just letting him stay asleep with me. Um, and, you know, you know, nothing really happened. Like, while he was there, she came and got him. in the night, she came and got him, um, I'm going to say within 20 minutes, I was sitting in my room, it was similar to like what had happened previously, like all the months before, um, sitting in my room, doing whatever on the computer, all of a sudden, I heard that bedroom door creaking shut and there were, there were no drafts because like everything everything was sealed the windows are heavy the doors are heavy um there's no way a draft or a mouse or whatever could have pushed that door like that and it it was just it was like that high pitched creak that freaks everybody out like that um the door didn't shut all the way but i i heard it i heard it swinging on on the hinges, and the same thing happened. Like I started to get freaked out, like I tasted adrenaline, and my heart sped up, and all, all these things, and then I just thought, you know, this is my house. I pay to live here. Whatever this is, not pay to live here. And I, I said that in my head. I was like, I was like, this is my house. You need to leave me alone. And everything just stopped right then. Um, I was still you know, freaked out, of course, but like, nothing, ever, nothing like that happened after that. Um, so, I, I guess, like, I actually told someone who's, like, a, kind of, a, she, she claims to be, like, a sensitive, and I, I guess she is. Like, she was like, well, it, it didn't happen again because you stood your ground uh, the second time. So, I, I, guess, I guess that's um, my story. Um, I found, did a little research on the neighborhood. I don't know if you're familiar with DC at all, but, uh, this is, um, in Northeast and it's a better area now. It's, you know, it's improving. Um, but in the late 80s and early 90s when DC was really bad, this was one of the worst areas. Um, there was a drug dealer. His name was Rafael Edmonds. He killed a lot of people. He, I mean, including, you know, the, the people he, you know, got you know hooked on to like cocaine and stuff um there were drive-bys there were all this stuff things that went on and i found out that a couple people had actually died in the alleyway behind the house um so you know I, I put two and two together and just assumed you know that you know, it had to do with that um plus the house is really old and it was built at the end of the 1930s so I guess that's my story, and I appreciate that you guys listened. I will continue to enjoy
2: the podcast. Thanks. Bye. Right for paranormal activity.
3: Yeah, it sounds like it. sounds like it could be any number of things. And there's just so much history in D.C. in general. It, you know, it could even be something that was even before that house was built there.
2: You know, I've never been to uh, New Orleans, you know, believe it or not. You uh-huh. know, we're talking about ghosts, and we have never been there. Or I've never been there, but... Um, uh, it's one the, I would almost imagine the vibe being somewhat similar, especially in certain areas of uh, of D.C., like Georgetown and such. I mean, that's where I spent a great deal of time. Um, and she mentioned some of my food stuff earlier. But when I was there doing some of that food TV stuff, that's where I hung out. And you just I mean, I would not be surprised if one of those buildings that was for rent had a sign that said no ghosts because you just got the feeling. Uh-huh. as you walked along the streets just the way it felt that you know I mean it's just a ripe with ghosts in that whole area sure um, but uh, very interesting story Thank, uh, thanks for calling in and, uh, and sharing it with us here at Real Ghost Stories Online alright let's go to an update um, this is uh, was posted on our forum and if you'd like to reply back to it feel free it's up on our website at realghoststoriesonline.com we have it set up so really anyone can post um and we did that uh, strategically uh, Just so, you know Sometimes forums have a lot of restrictions And if it starts getting abused, we may have to revisit this But uh, the thought process was A lot of folks want to post anonymously Don't want to, uh, you know, have usernames associated with themselves Or be traced back Because it can be a sensitive topic for some people. Sure. So, um, so that's how it's set up right now I hope it doesn't get abused Inevitably, probably will um, But for now, our community's patrolling it pretty well um, And uh, we haven't really had any issues So anybody can post up there anonymously Feel free to post anonymously Or as yourself, whatever you want uh, Anyway, so I'm posted up there My name's Nicole, I'm Kelly's best friend uh, As of the last seven years I have been living with her on and off for five years And every night from the beginning We've listened to your show And she's referring to the woman who we thought was doing dishes
3: And we were so mean <laughs>
2: Yeah, we were very mean Well, Because we, it sounded so much like someone was doing dishes yeah. And it just sounded so rude to be so noisy on a phone call when you're trying to communicate something. Like, just why? Our, my thought process was, why are you not thinking that this is not going to be picked up when you're on the phone? I mean, just to have some common sense. But turns out she wasn't doing anything at all. Yeah. It was these weird noises that sounded like dishes methodically going on throughout her call. So, anyhow, we've talked about that before. Um,. Uh, The update is, since you guys have asked for an update, I thought uh, I'd be the one uh, sending you this uh, time, as she's been refusing to. Kelly hasn't been good, and neither has her son. Uh, He's been getting scratches, bruises, and a lot of sleep loss. His daycare thinks he's getting abused and has threatened CPS on her and her husband. Uh, He's only two, and he's been uh, trying to... uh, 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 The family's been trying to contact demonologists, priests, mediums, etc., and it's been difficult... Uh, two mediums they said have walked out when Kelly came into the room. One just straight out walked out and uh, said, uh, you're too much and will not be a part of this. Before Kelly called into the show and emailed, she was normal and is a kind of person you can tell that has a secret. Things have been getting worse for her as well. She'll go into the attic for about uh, at about 2 a.m. and just stare at a wall and come back down 30 minutes later and sit on the couch and watch TV. She almost has no glimmer of happiness in her anymore, and she was one of the most bubbly people uh, I knew. And she barely eats And every time uh, I listen to your show on the YouTube channel. She screams at me to turn that shit off. She loved your show before. I want my best friend back. So that's the latest. And I really don't know what to say about all of that.
3: I don't. I'm very concerned that not only for Kelly's well being, but for her child's well being. Um, If they're open to it, do you think we should try and get an email so we can try and connect them with some of our connections? Yeah, I
2: mean, if 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 Kelly doesn't listen to the show, doesn't want to contact us, that's fine. That's that's up to her. Uh, But if the friend wants any of the contact information for uh, for Joe, who's uh, the demonologist. Uh, we can pass that along. Um, I, I have not posted his contact info on our website yet because I have not gotten the official uh, okay on what contact info to post for him because I have uh, quite a bit. Um, but I can email that to uh, to that, that contact directly if she wants to email me. And she can email Tony, T-O-N-Y, at com, and I can pass Joe's info uh, along. Um I don't know. I mean, it, it sounds. I mean, it's, it's well beyond. I think sounding like anything that, you know, as good intention as our community is, uh, anything that that our community is able to handle. You know, there, there's something going on there. Uh, it, you know, may very well be something demonic and something very dark. Maybe something else. I don't know. Um, but yeah. but it is something that. Um, her friend who wrote in um, I hope uh, that she helps at least try to guide her to make the right decisions to get some help and it sounds like they've been trying to get some help from demonologists or whatnot but sure um, I I would also you know look at other aspects other than supernatural too in that that case to see what may, may need to be done to get some help for that family okay you know, I think it, I don't know, but you know, if if there's a child involved and there's something, uh, if there, I mean, and I'm no way saying that she's abusing her child, uh, but if the child is being harmed in some way, shape, or form from whatever the hell it is in that house, um, and I'm not saying it's it's the parents at all, I, whatever it is, um, something needs to be done. Yeah. Um, so it, it maybe the best thing is to, you know, helping them get out of that environment uh, to, I mean, I know if it follows them, I don't know, but we're talking about two totally worlds that are not going to collide very well when you uh, talk about, like, social services and demonology.
3: You're right. Um, you know, and, and I don't know, I, I have no experience on this at all as far as if you take the preemptive step and say, look, something is going on in my house, yeah. my husband the or the child's father or whatever, and I are not doing this, but this is how we are finding him yeah. when we go and get him up in the morning or whenever that's occurring, um, you know, and just try and start.
2: I have no idea.
3: Getting that going. I don't know either. I don't know if they would even listen.
2: But seeking help of some sort would be a good idea. Um, And it sounds like they've been trying. Um, I guess all I can say is keep trying um, uh, and don't give up on it. Uh, And, you know, it sounds like that woman really does care about her friend quite a bit. So um, I would, uh, you know, if I were you, try and, uh, you know be her voice if she's not able to find hers right now to get the help that uh that she needs. So I think we'll leave it at that and I wish them the best. Yeah. Um you know. So uh if you're spiritual folks out there that listen to uh, our show which I'm sure a lot of them are, uh, you know, say a prayer for that family because there's obviously not uh not good things uh going on there right now. Uh our phone number is 855-853-4802 855-853. 48 oh two with your real ghost story let's go to another caller into real ghost stories online hello you're on the air
5: hi okay this is weird so I have been driving over 2,000 miles and I downloaded a lot of your stories and Um last night, I was listening to one and I was thinking wow kind of going through my head I want to talk about my first experience which actually was your subject for today so that's kind of Gary all in itself <clears throat> when I was young my dad sent me off to his sister's house and they had a dairy farm and they would put us girls up in the attic and they had a pull down uh, stair that was in the bathroom so after we would be shoved upstairs to go to bed, they would put this the stairs back up and it was very loud and it was it was still easy to push down and we were supposed to knock before we pushed the stairs down so that um, so that we could let somebody in the restroom know that we were coming down. Anyway, it was up and um, I was in bed with my cousin Melda. We were up against one side of the attic and on the other side of the attic, now they had conversed this attic into a bedroom okay uh on the other side of the stairs was two little twin beds and so my cousin Josie was in one bed and my aunt Marianne was in the other and we had fallen asleep and for some reason I woke up in the middle of the night and uh I remember thinking god I wish the light was turned off and I turned toward the light and um I nudged my cousin that I was sleeping with and said, Get up, get up. And um, she didn't get up. Uh, she was quite older than me. She was a teenager or a little seven year old. And um, I looked at the light, and it was just a light bulb with a string. And my cousin Josie was standing there. And so I was like, Josie, turn off the light. She just looked at me. And I kind of looked back, and I looked behind her, and I could see my Aunt Marianne in her bed. And then I looked at her bed, and she was in bed. And I looked back at the girl standing, holding the string, and she just looked at me. She smiled, and then she pulled the string. I was scared. I mean, I was so scared. I remember trying to wake up my cousin, and I just sat there, and being the good Catholic girl I am, I did... I, a zillion Our Father's Hail Marys, and I think I even made up some new prayers. Anyway, that's my story. And um, so you were, I can't remember what you called it, but, and she was solid. She was not translucent. So, anyway, thank you. Great stories. And I, I hope I gave you a good one. Bye.
3: Thank you for your call. That was a creepy one. Was that a, a doppelganger or astro projection?
2: I don't know. It's one of those where you can, it's almost you get caught in the middle and you don't quite know.
3: I almost think it might be something else, the way it kind of smiled and then turned the light off. That's just kind of mean to do that to a little kid.
2: Yeah. I mean, or it could be a mean person, you know, too. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, that, that's creepy.
3: That is very creepy. That's
2: very creepy and bizarre. Um, I wanted to, to add this to the, what we were just talking about before with uh, 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 the dishwashing lady. Her name's Kelly. Kelly, yes. Dishwashing Lady is so much more affectionate, though, because it was kind of the first name we had for her. Um, For Kelly, um, I did post Joe's uh, email address onto the forum, um, because I've I've seen Joe's posted that several other places on the web, so I figure it's probably okay. I didn't put his uh, phone number up there, though, but uh, feel free to reach out to Joe. Uh, It's on the forum uh, section. Uh, And the French should know about that, because she did post on the forum uh, under... Uh, my best friend Kelly, dishwasher lady, is the title of the thread. Okay. So um, I'll leave it at that. Uh, and if you can reach out to Joe, that's up to you guys. Can't uh, really endorse or recommend any course of action. Uh, you know, and, and we know Joe from him calling into the show. So that's that's our sense of our relationship with Joe. Um, but uh, I, again, I, I really hope that she does find uh, whatever appropriate help uh, you know is needed for that situation. But. Joe yeah. would be someone who's always offered, you know, uh, to our folks uh, in our community to have folks reach out to him uh, if they if they really need some help. So. Yeah, I so, agree. Reach out and uh, and see what uh, what he may have to say about that topic. Uh 855-853-4802 is a phone number. 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in to real ghost stories online. Jason Rychen, hello. I'm telling this story secondhand, as told by my father, for whom I have no doubt of its authenticity. He's a very religious man and would never have even shared this had I not mentioned my recent fascination with the paranormal. My dad was in his late teens, in the mid-50s, and had walked to a favorite fishing spot with a friend with another, expected to join him after his work on the farm was complete. After some time fishing storm clouds moving in, they decided to begin the long walk home. They ended up getting rained on and stopped at an abandoned farmhouse to take cover, take cover from the storm and watch for their friend that they were unsure if he was on the way or not. They made their way upstairs to get a better vantage point at the road, keep a lookout for him so he didn't pass them by. After a half hour or so, they heard heavy footsteps downstairs walking around back and forth And with no replies to their calls, the footsteps slowly started up the split-level stairs. The footsteps made it to the top. My father and his buddy saw nothing but continued hearing the steps walk around the single-second story room they were in. Understandably terrified, this went on for a minute or two until they gathered up the nerve to make a mad dash down the stairs and outside into the rain toward home, leaving the fishing gear in the house. My father said after exiting, he looked back to make sure nothing was behind them and swears he remembers a silhouette of a person in a doorway they just ran out of. They eventually found the third friend just starting uh, their trip after the rain had subsided. They told him what had happened, and of course, he had quite a laugh at them. I could tell from my father's face that he was still unsettled from reliving the experience. I'm just glad that fate had worked out so he told me his story. He said he had only told three other people in his life. and I had no doubt of its own authenticity. Thank you for your time.
3: That's a good one, too.
2: You just kind of picture the old abandoned farmhouse that they wandered into. Yeah. You know, because you see so many of those if you drive along country roads and you wonder, what do those look like inside? I've always wondered. I always wanted to go into them.
3: I know. Me, too. You know? My luck, I'd fall through the floor or something.
2: You yeah, got that risk. You risk the one back in my hometown where we, I put the picture up of on our website where they have motion detectors all over the place. Yet it's been abandoned for about 60, 70 years. And it's falling apart, but they still know the lawn.
3: The house on K? Yeah. Okay. That
2: bizarre, creepy mansion.
3: It's beautiful, though. It is. It's
2: beautiful, but it's, it's just a shame that it's sitting in the state it's in because it's just going to eventually... If it's not already beyond disrepair, yeah, you know, to get it back up and just that it sat there. Uh, 855 853 4802. 855 853 4802 is a phone number to call in to Real Ghost Stories Online. Of course, you can always write into us as well through the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you're not an EPP yet and you want to support the show and support what we do here every single day, you can do that. It's only five bucks a month. And you get an extra episode every single week as a thank you emailed direct to you every single week. And you get a bunch of extras as well, including some video stuff and other cool things we just want to you know, give out to you as a thank you for helping us stay on the air. 855 uh, 853 Again, the phone number to call in. Let's go to another call. Hi. Uh,
1: when I was in junior high, living in the suburbs of Chicago... Um, I used to sneak out at night to hang out with my hoodlum friends, and uh, I lived with my dad, which was, uh, his house was right up against uh, a forest, you used to have a railroad line running through it, and on the other side was a park and a subdivision, but we had this tree line dividing the house from the developed area, so we were kind of in the bush. Uh, coming home one night, I was walking through the park, and I started to get a really kind of odd feeling, like a like a chill. And, you know, I started feeling paranoid that being, you know, a young guy, I I didn't want to freak out and chicken out, but I also, part of me, just didn't want to look over my shoulder. So I, I started changing my step to see if I could hear somebody walking behind me, and I didn't. But I saw a shadow. As I got further from the streetlight, a shadow was cast on the grass, and it stretched up far enough to where I could see it in the periphery of my vision but I know I couldn't hear anybody walking in that grass and it was tall enough to where you'd hear somebody crunching through it so whatever was behind me wasn't touching the ground and I realized this and, and every hair on the back of my neck every hair on my arm just stood up and every instinct in my body said run like hell and uh, so I did I just I started sprinting and I, and I and I could see the shadow getting longer and closer And I got to the tree line and there was a a narrow trail, pretty hard to spot, but this little narrow trail kind of juked to the left up to the embankment where the railroad bed used to be and then back down the other side. And so uh, as quick as I could, I'm running through slapping branches behind me, whatever was behind me. I could still I could still feel it right there, but I was in the woods and I couldn't hear the shadow and took a hard right, ran up the trail that, that paralleled this old railroad line and got to the foot of my dad's driveway. When I got to the foot of the driveway, I knew that what, whatever was behind me was still there. It was this really strange, paranoid sensation, and so I, I sprinted as fast as I could to get to the house, and only when I actually got to the front gate in front of my dad's house this little fenced off garden is when I realized that the, whatever it was was gone and you know I I, I talked to my friends the next day the, the kids that I had snuck out with and uh, and told them that I, I had this experience and at first they thought it was one of our mutual friends messing with me uh trying to put a scare in me and uh and then I told them, I said, whoever it was, they can't run as fast as I was running without making a sound. And whoever it was, their shadow was right behind me. And so uh, to this day, I, I don't tell that story because I, I kind of felt like an idiot telling my friends. But, uh, yeah, it's, that's my ghost story. Uh, I don't know what it was. I don't know why it was following me. don't know what would have happened if I wouldn't have run like hell. But, uh, yeah, still kind of gives me the willies to tell it. So um, thanks for doing your show.
3: Thanks for your call. I don't know if it's sick, but I really enjoy the calls where you can almost hear when they're retelling the story, that fear come back in their voice. <laughs> it just makes it that much more authentic. I mean, oh, sure.
2: I mean, I mean, it makes it real. It you know? does. I mean, I think if I was retelling something like that, it would come right back to me, too. I mean, if it's that... Mm -hmm. You know, intense of a situation, especially where there's a lot of physical activity going on. Oh yeah, it's almost interesting because sometimes you can hear the stories where, if it was something where I was just sitting in my house and then something happened, their voice speaks as almost if they're quiet and alone in their house. Yeah. Or when they're being chased by something, it sounds like they're almost out of breath telling the story. I
3: noticed that. I thought that that was interesting.
2: Makes makes sense. Yeah. Good story too, and I have no idea what the hell that was, but it doesn't sound good. Going to a uh, letter now. The story is a two-parter, with the first part taking place in 1951. The second part taking place... Last year, in 1951, my great-uncle TJ was test-piloting Navy jets in California, and the rest of the family lived in Colorado. One morning, my grandmother, his sister, woke up to see him standing at the foot of her bed in his flight suit, but his eyes were just black circles. He said her name and disappeared. She found out shortly after that was the moment his plane exploded in midair and he was killed. let fast forward to 2013. I moved to Los Angeles a few years ago but only found out last year that TJ was buried at Forest Lawn. So for Memorial Day I decided to bring him some flowers and say hello because he hadn't had any visitors in decades. So my boyfriend headed over that afternoon, uh, looked up the plot for us and we started looking for a spot. I didn't realize at the time, there were little numbers at the corners of the sections to guide you, so we were just walking back and forth, back and forth, for over 40 minutes. I was getting pretty frustrated and said out loud, Show me where you are, TJ, and kept walking. A few minutes later, I look up to see my boyfriend talking to a woman, so I made my way over there. Uh, she said to him, Did you need help finding a grave? Are you Tim? She worked at the cemetery and said someone named Tim had called and said he needed help finding a grave in that section. But the thing is, we were the only ones there. We had seen an elderly lady when we first got there, but that's it. I got extra freaked out when I realized my great-uncle was also called uh, Tom, pretty similar to Tim. So we told the lady where he was supposed to be, and she found it in about two minutes. Coincidence? Or since she... Well, since he had done something before, I wondered if this was him saying "hello" again. Anyway, thanks for reading.
3: I don't know. You got to wonder about the random
2: Tim Tom. People get that stuff mixed up person. on the phone all the time when you get yeah. a name like that. I could see that.
3: I could too.
2: Yeah, he calls. I'm right over here. Show him there. Okay, thank you for calling. I don't know. That's a good story though. Uh, 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost story with us here on the show. 855-853-4802.
6: Hi, I'm calling. I've just had an experience. Um, I have had a very long day, a 16-hour shift. I finally settled down. I'm flying to Spain tomorrow morning. Got three hours I can get sleep, so I wanted to get this down while I could before I forgot it. I just laid down. And to my left, where I have a blank of wall, there's a fireplace. There was a very large, about three foot across the width of the fireplace from left to right, kind of had a golden angelic wing shape to it with almost birdish, angelic shape, but it was like the outline, like the highlight. I'm not saying it was angel wings. And it is very similar to something that I experienced back in October, where it was this, like, small, almost six-inch in circumference, cross, flaming orange, again, this soft arm look about it with this orange-type glow. Honestly, it appeared again i'm in the dark though i have a window open it's what time is it i'm calling from the uk it's just gone half past midnight sorry if i happen to be rambling again um um, in any event so as i'm looking at it it seemed to be changing shape almost like the outside horn wing type shape was coming towards the center in a round kind of formation around uh, if you were looking at somebody's um silhouette so it was doing the outline um and oh sorry um and and at that point honestly i got my heart started to race the entire time i'm sitting there thinking okay I know that you're probably the ancient spirit that I've been told lives here, that I've experienced before, but I really need to get to bed because I've got a flight and also I'm slightly unnerved and not confident to deal with the situation. I've been told before that I need the spirit that is here over to the other side because she's got family waiting for her. There's also a little boy here apparently, but he's from a different era. In any event, so yes, there's been a sequence of events, including footsteps and so forth that my husband and I have both experienced. I happen to live in a uh, nearly 500-year-old property here in London. And um, yeah, it seems to be a bit of an ongoing haunting, audibly um, and shared by two people, but I seem to be the one so far who's experienced visual. Um, I've called before in the past but I don't think I was able to articulate um, well enough my experience but I'm glad I've just had something and I had you on speed dial and I was able to get it to you and now I'll be able to get some sleep and enjoy my holiday in Spain. absolutely love y'all show I have subscribed um, and I think that you guys what you guys do is absolutely fantastic had many experiences throughout my life as a child and now as an adult and uh, you guys help expand the mind and find possible answers or options to what just giving people the forum to be able to express themselves and in any the event keep up the absolutely stellar work And, um, yeah, I'll call in with some other stores when I get the guts. In any event, y'all take care. Bye.
3: I hope you do call back, and I hope you enjoy your holiday. You know, I I can't even wrap my mind around living in a home that's 500 years old. I mean, something old here. Yeah. We're talking 100 years old. Like, wow, that's old, you yeah. know? And
2: if anything would be that old, it would be like, this is a historic uh, Native American site. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's not even anything like anyone would like even approach, even have the option of living in it. It would be like some sort of ruin that they found in the woods somewhere.
3: Well, I mean, the area that we live in, the oldest, I mean, it wasn't settled until, you know, just 150 years ago.
2: It was a, essentially a desert without sand. Yeah. yeah. So her so, house
3: was 350 years old when our town was settled. I mean, yeah. that's insane to think about it that way.
2: So I'm not surprised she's got some ghosts going on there.
3: Yeah. I
2: know. Um interesting. I mean, it, this has been an interesting episode. We've had angels or demons depending on the call. <laughs> Each story it's been either or. I mean, how when when we talk about that, I mean, either way just just those things making themselves known to you is unsettling no matter what, you know, because it's like it it's things that are normally not there. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting because folks at the beginning, at least, you know, all kind of re- react in a similar fashion of being startled. Sure. You know, and then uh, as as they make themselves known further and further on, uh, it usually goes one way or the other. With her, it almost sounds like some nice co- cohabitation going on there with whatever it is uh, in, in that house.
3: You know, knowing, you know, being, being an adult, knowing that, there's something paranormal going on I don't know that I could ever get used to that I think I would always be startled no matter how many times I see it
2: yeah I don't think I'd ever really be making peace with a uh, an entity in the house no matter what it is no I, I just I could never quite I think feel completely comfortable with it to let my guard down 100 percent. you know I, right. least, I don't think I would 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in with your real ghost story
0: this is, um, Amanda. I, you played my story, um, from a few days ago about me being in the closet and, you know, getting scared when I was a little kid, um, and you wanted to hear more and I've been trying to figure out what, which story to tell you because, like I said, there's a lot of them and I could really talk for hours about it. <laughs> um, I think I, I, found, I remembered one that is a little shorter that I can tell, um, and it's definitely one of the creepier ones. It happened, I was probably nine or 10, and I had a friend of mine over from the neighborhood. Um, this was one of the few friends of mine who was willing to stay the night in the house, because at that point, everybody kind of knew it was haunted, and there, I did have a few friends who would refuse to stay the night, but this one, she kind of liked it. You know, she thought it was cool, and, um, but me and her, because we were both, we both knew it was haunted, we would, rock paper scissors to see who would shut the light off at night remember i said that um the light was all the way across the room from my bed well um it was she she lost and she had to turn it off so she um she goes across the room she turns it off and she started to creep back towards the bed really slow because she was really scared and she Walked by this little um, bookshelf that I had, and on the top of the bookshelf was an antique toy that, for some reason, somebody decided was a good thing to give to a kid. Um, that was almost like a like a cherub clown. It was very creepy. I don't know why I kept it, but um, it and it would wind up and play music. Um, but I never wound it up because. It was creepy, you know, because its head would kind of turn mechanically, and it would play some creepy little melody. Well, well, she's uh, creeping back across the, the the floor, really, really slow and very nervous, because it's dark. And as she drew level with the bookshelf, that clown doll started to play music, <laughs> and she screamed and ran back to the light and turned it on, and we just went downstairs and camped out (laughs) because we were so scared and that was something that actually happened a lot with um it got to the point after a couple of years that my parents would tell people don't buy her any electronic toys or anything like that because they would every single one of them malfunction within a month or so um and toys that were that would had things that they would do like they would move or you could wind them up and stuff would invariably like do that when they shouldn't <laughs> so they ended up just kind of shoved into a storage room and never looked at it again once the toy would do that it was it was like inevitable though every single toy that did something would always malfunction um, yeah and like I said that's just one it was kind of a constant. It's hard to pick out individual stories because it was this constant low level of things moving and people hearing voices, hearing footsteps. Footsteps were all the time. You would hear footsteps all night up, up and down the stairs, pacing upstairs while I was sound asleep, you know, like, like I was pacing upstairs in my room, but I was in bed. Um, so it's hard to pick out, like, individual stories to tell. But, um, but that's that's one that always stuck with me because i felt so bad for my friend it really i think that was one of the last times she spent the night too because up then she thought it was really cool that the house was haunted and then that happened and she's like nope nope i'm done i'm not spending the night anymore um yeah so uh i'll see if i can try to pinpoint other things that happened that are a little more you know extraordinary than just a frying pan moved from where i said it a second ago <laughs> But thanks your show is is really fun and I like the idea of it being turned into a movie but as long as it's someone really cool playing me. <laughs> thanks.
3: Bye. Thank you for your call. I am not sure how much money I would pay to watch a clown toy mysteriously go off in front of you and freak you out.
2: That would that would freak the hell out of me.
3: I know clowns are your your thing.
2: I hate clowns. <laughs> There was uh we were at the the haunted store today. The uh the you know the ghost, you know, Halloween store. And there were some uh some some ghost or, or clown doll things that you you stepped on and then it jumps out at you and I stepped on everything but the clown ones. I just didn't want to get freaked out by that. I know. I did not want to go there with that at all.
3: How were you around the It masks?
2: The It masks are okay. I mean, I don't like It uh, I mean it's a good movie, but I don't you know that that doesn't scare it's like the more honestly the the clowns that freak me out are the ones that are the ones that just look the most unassuming, yeah. It's like there's a predator thing there going on. That's funny. It's just like They just creep me out. <laughs> um, Jesse Lynn wrote in on uh, on YouTube about our show. I uh, guess what I don't understand is how you can uh, have a degree or be considered an expert in something that has no finite answers. There are so many questions that haven't been answered and I personally believe that we are not supposed to know the answers. I'd love to take a demonology class and I don't even necessarily believe in demons but just so I can learn about it. In fact I'm looking at my local colleges uh, for parapsychology classes and the like, there's a huge difference between being knowledgeable about a topic and being an expert. And I've said that many times in the show, where, where folks get like weirded out between the two terms, because there there's a big difference. You there know, is. You know. uh, this show has done so much for opening up a supernatural community and uh, trading information, hearing other people's experiences and throwing ideas around and sharing knowledge. It really is an incredible thing. Uh, that you 're doing here, we just need to keep in mind that there are a lot of gray areas and opinions in this field, and uh, to regard them as just that, which to me, I think almost the whole thing is a gray area
3: if it, there wasn 't a gray area there 'd be no point for the show
2: exactly i mean there there 's just uh, there 's so many shades of gray mm-hmm. with these this you know area in the show of what we talk about i mean it, it's it 's somewhat Arguable, almost everything we talk about. You know, it's easy in some cases to say, "I think this is a demon," but it could be just this. You know, or or vice versa, where I think this is a nice person, it could be a demon. You know, it's all very gray. It's all essentially educated guesses. I hope this doesn't come off as rude. I absolutely love the show. Listen to it every day and have even submitted some stories that I don't want to offend anyone. I don't think you offended anyone. No. Uh, This field uh, rests in such a gray area. I would hate to hear that someone took an opinion as a fact and made things worse for themselves.
3: Yeah, I agree.
2: So there you go. Thank you, Jesse, for writing in. We do appreciate uh, your feedback and your insights uh, into the area. I wish more people felt like you did, (laughs) to be completely honest. Because I, I again I I hate to use that that expert you know it's 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 knowledgeable you know on the, yeah on the and some folks know a heck of a lot more than we do and uh, you know a lot of folks we just we're all kind of sharing stories here. Somebody was put off because I said on the show one day that I wasn't an expert. they are like you're like you're not an expert on it. You're right, and no one is. No one is really and truly an expert on this. I'm I'm somewhat knowledgeable on the topics. I but I'm not be, an expert, and it, I, I don't think anyone should use that.
3: It'd be more off-putting if you did claim to be an expert. I agree.
2: I, I agree. And I we kind of avoid guests that are experts.
3: Well, I was just about yeah. to say that not only are we not experts, yeah. but we don't really affiliate or yeah. interview people that are experts. Yeah,
2: because there's a gazillion places to do that, and you get the same thing every time. Mm-hmm. This is just kind of more, let's talk. So, One more call before we wrap up the show here. 855-853-4802 is the number.
5: Hi, Tony
7: and Jenny. It's Jenny again. Uh, I thought I'd go ahead and give y'all a call and and tell you about my high school years now. Um, So right before high school, in eighth grade, my my mother took really sick. Um, She she had been taking prednisone uh, for uh, arthritis problems. And, well... And it had knocked her immune system down really low, and she contracted a really, really bad form of uh, pneumonia. And as her brain was kind of starting to go, um, she would see things, and she would say that I was hiding dogs in the house, or that there was spiders dropping down from the ceiling, and and things like that. And um, my. Dad noticed that she was getting really sick, and there's really nothing that um, we could do other than kind of get her, you know, hospitalized, get her some help, that sort of thing. And um, that's when we found out that she had pneumonia, because uh, she had a pretty bad cough, but it had gone for about a week, and, you know, we, we realized that she needed to go to the hospital. Well, a few months after mom had started getting better, we went ahead, and um, my dad moved us into the little town where I would later graduate high school from. And uh, it's a little town called um, Pampa, Pampa, Texas. And it's P-A-N-P-A, not T-A-N-P-A, like Pampa. It's not Tampa.
2: Um,
7: But, um, so, we moved into this house. It was our family house. It was my grandmother's old house. And it was actually catty-cornered to the house across the alley to the house where we lived when I had the imaginary friend. That was kind of not really relevant, but in a way, maybe it kind of was. I'm not really sure. So, we moved into this house in Tampa, and like I said, it's my grandmother's old house. It's a huge house, huge five bedroom old house. And from the second I move in, it's just I could sense that it was a, it was a, a pit, you know, it was it was a vortex almost, if you will, of, of activity. It, it might have come from the fact that I knew that at least. 13 family members or 14 family members had died actually in the house or actually in parts of the house because it was actually three, um, oil-filled shacks put together to make one large house. So that might've been a problem too. Not really sure, but, um, it was just really, really, really creepy. And, uh, so one day, uh, I walked into one of the back bedrooms because we had it shut off a lot but we used it as storage. We walked in one of the back bedrooms and all of the doors and all the windows were shut and I opened up the door and there was a whoosh of air that whooshed from all corners of the room to the middle of the room. It was broad daylight. And um, there was a slight sweetish, like sweet smell in the in the room. And I yeah, I can't really put my, my finger on it, it was kind of sweet, like, mm, kind of like sugar, maybe the smell of sugar, but, but maybe a little staler, like, I don't know, like stale sugar, I don't know if sugar gets really stale, but <laughs> anyway, uh, so, so yeah, uh, there was, that was the first incident that I had in the house, was just unexplained wind. well, my, uh, my mother continued to tell me if there was this little boy in the kitchen that had blonde hair and blue eyes and he'd hide in the corner of the kitchen. And she'd keep telling me, who's that little boy? Who's that little boy? You know, she'd ask and, ask and ask and ask and ask and ask. And I would just be like, I don't, I don't know. Mom, I, I don't see a little boy. I mean, maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Well, when I, you know, I would spend a lot of time because basically from the time I was 13 to the time I was 18, I was a living nurse for my mother. And, you know, I would cook her food and and things like that. And and I would see things out of the corner of my eye in the kitchen move, like a, you know, a footstep or a jump off of something. Or, no, I just kind of try to ignore it a little bit. Well, my sister moved in to her house um, a few months later. And uh, she had her five kids with her. You know, we, we all kind of all tried to pitch in and take care of everything and, and, you know, work, work hard as a family unit. Well, my oldest niece and I one night had just wired my life and we were sitting on my bed talking and,
2: and my niece
7: asked, she says, well, um, what do you think your, your grandmother would say if she knew that, you know, my, my family, you know, lived here, you know, what would she say? And I was like, "Hmm, I don't know, let's ask her. And she's like, what are you talking about?
4: I was like, well,
7: I, I mean, I bet we could ask her. And I looked up at my my uh, light in my bedroom and I said, Grandma, if you're up there, flicker three times. And the light flickered three times. And it was a deliberate flicker. It wasn't just like an electric flicker, it was a deliberate flicker. And, you know, my uh, niece started to freak out a little bit. And I was like, calm down. She's probably my grandmother. You know, I don't know deal. And so. Every question that we asked, it would flicker that amount of times, even if it was an elaborate number, like flicker ten times if this is right or, you know, flicker, you know, three times if this is whatever. And it would do it every time. Every time the slide was flickering the exact amount of numbers that that we were asking. Well, uh, I basically... I had decided um, about oh, about a year after they moved in, I decided that maybe we could talk to some of the spirits that were living in the house because I always there was always a shadow or there was always something in the you know in the living room, or I always felt like something was going to be in the mirror when I would brush my teeth and I'd look down at the sink and I 'd look back up at the mirror. I was always terrified that I was going to see something in the mirror well. So, I get this brilliant idea that we're going to make, unfortunately, a Ouija board. And I took one of those peg games that have a little, a little colored pegs in it and that you have to jump over, and I taped a magnifying glass on the end of it to make a planchette. And we had a piece of uh, cereal cardboard. And we wrote letters and numbers and yes, no, and goodbye and hello, stuff like that on the board, just like what you'd imagine as a child. Uh, I think I was, I think I want to say I was about 14, almost 14. And uh, my nieces and my nephew and I, we, we sat around in a in a circle and played with this stupid Ouija board. Well, uh Of course, you know, the Ouija board answered this question and that question. I know for a fact that I moved it. I will be the first to admit that I moved it at least a few times to answer a question or two. But when it started to be hateful towards my nephew and said that it was going to kill my nephew, and that was with only my niece, my oldest niece and I touching it, because by then the other kids had, you know, run away from it, um and I knew I wasn't moving it, and I could tell that she wasn't moving it, then we freaked out, went outside, and waited for our parents to get home. We literally, quote-unquote, played outside for the rest of the evening. <laughs> and after that, that room was really turbulent. And um, coincidentally, it was that same room that the wind had blown through. Um, you know, a few like, down, like, two years earlier, it was the same room that the wind had wished through. So I don't know if that, you know, caused some problems, but I'm sure it did. And um, (laughs) so my sister would talk about it was always a woman standing at the foot of her bed in a a nightgown. Every night she would say, well, the woman came to the foot of my bed again and just looked out the window. Well, that same bedroom, uh, it would show images, the window would show images of another time through the window. Meaning old cars would drive by, and trees would look differently, and, you know, the building across the street from the house would look newer, even though I know, you know, very well that I had just seen it and they hadn't painted it or anything. And this is, like I said, again, it was in broad daylight. And, um, so, I. Just thinking about it now, it just kind of makes me shake a little bit. I'm actually quivering while I'm telling you the story. Um, well, I guess the, the house... I did later do a paranormal investigation and a cleanse on the house, but it was actually only just a few years ago. Um, the house was pretty much caving in now, and we had to jump over, you know, gaping floor uh, holes and stuff like that. But we... Were in the house it was still a family house, so it 's not like I was breaking and entering or anything. I was actually on my property but um I'm trying to think if that was the only story I wanted to tell you about about the house before I started into my college years Um, oh yeah, I had a lot of pets die there, a whole lot of pets, like we 're talking like eight dogs and I had 13 cats that got run over out in the street, out in front of the house. Um, 13. And that was my cat having litters of kittens. And then they would always get, you know, run over by something. Because we lived by a road. It wasn't, it was the main highway out of town, but it wasn't a super busy town. So, you know, I I really don't know why so many animals got run over. (laughs) But they did. (laughs) And, um... Doors would creak, and, and things would, you know, slam in the middle of the night, and things would wake you up. You could feel things hovering above you, and, well, I guess that's it for my high school years. Uh, I tried to stay away from the house as much as I could during my during my high school years so that I wouldn't be tormented by it. Um, oh, yeah, there was another weird thing about the house, too. It would get what I called plagues of things, meaning that if we didn't have a whole bunch of mice and, you know, we get them killed off, then we get a whole bunch of spiders. Once we get the spiders killed off, we get a whole bunch of cockroaches. And once we got those killed off, we get mice again. And then we get spiders again. And then we get cockroaches. And then towards the end of me living in the house, we actually had a bout with flea. And they were bad. I mean, we're talking you could put your, your leg, you could step your leg on the carpet and your entire foot would be covered in a mass of, of fleets. And, you know, it wasn't for me, you know, not fighting them, you know, getting the, an exterminator out there, you know, bombing the house, cleaning as much as I possibly could. It was, it was a nightmare.
4: It was bad.
2: Yeah, it's, it certainly sounds like it. It sounds like there's something very dark going on in that house.
3: The most striking thing to me and probably to most of our listeners was the window Yeah, where you look out the window and it looks into a different time.
2: That's one of those things where I think the demonic will throw things out there to really intrigue you, Mm -hmm. to keep you there. Like, yeah, you got all, you know, fleas and you got uh, these dark entities running around, but hey, look, you can look back to the forties if you look out this window or look into the future. It's like back to the future window. Right. Um, but that's that's very interesting that that'd be interesting. I wonder if anyone else has any stories about that that's that was on unsolved mysteries a couple of times where folks suddenly come out into other times and places um, you know with um, would that be considered a ghost story?
3: Um, I think it's definitely unexplained the um, the famous elevator event in Gettysburg, yeah. you know, where the the yeah. woman go they they take the elevator and it yeah. t- goes down to the basement of a building and the door's open and there's the scene of you know basically like a hospital battlefield hospital from Gettysburg down there yeah. that has a ghost or several of them that I think would be a ghost story but I don't know.
2: I mean, when you're having all those weird entities going on and you're looking at a window and you're seeing another time I don't know if that's a ghost or not. I mean, I don't know. We don't go into other topics here on the show. We don't go into like time travel or UFOs or anything like that. So I don't want to go down that road. But if it's a ghost related event like that, Mm -hmm. because that sounds very ghost related. It does. I'd I'd love to hear more stories on that if anyone has anything. And again, we're not going into the time traveling world. Just, you know, if it it relates like, like what she had there. Yeah. Something of that nature. That's that's really interesting. Uh 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in with your real ghost stories into the show. Uh, of course you can always write into us as well. Through the website at realghoststoriesonline.com if you've not done so yet please become an epp gets you a bonus episode of the show every single week equates to about 52 extra episodes a year just for our epps it's a thank you for helping support the show it's about five bucks a month you can do five ten or fifteen dollar donation whatever you feel is appropriate that goes to help keep our show alive and fund the infrastructure of keeping the show going to you so uh, if you enjoy the show you like to show you listen quite often five bucks a month it helps to keep the wind in our sails and keeps the show continuing on for you uh out there uh, you know every single day essentially for free so please do uh support if you have the means to do so for jenny brewski i'm tony brewski thanks for listening to real ghost stories online
0: with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere